The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Last week we looked at about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, because to be filled with the Spirit produces the Spirit-filled life. So being filled with the Spirit produces the Spirit-filled life in us. And the Spirit-filled life is the supernatural life. Now, as I said last week, and I want to say again today, supernatural is not super weird. We get, we get fearful of that word supernatural, and we're thinking, you know what, I don't know if I want the supernatural life working in my life. You do. You may not know it yet, but you really do. What happens when we're operating in the supernatural life is that God puts his super, his blessing, his favor upon our natural. There are some things happen as we're being led by the Spirit that are a little bit unusual from time to time. Things that we don't understand necessarily with our finite mind. But it's not just for what is happening on Sunday mornings. It's not just something that happens when we're praying for people. What God wants to do is put his super upon the natural things in our life so that extraordinary things are happening in our lives. So that when the world looks at you and I, the Bible says that we're a peculiar people. Now that peculiar is not talking about weird, that we wear outdated clothing, that we can't wear makeup, right? Ladies, it's okay to wear makeup. All right, amen, good. Guys, it's okay that they're wearing makeup. Guys, it's, it's okay that we recognize and understand that it's not about wearing outdated stuff or stuff that just is different than the world. The different than the world is, is that we've got the supernatural power of God operating in the natural circumstances of our life. The problem for us as believers is sometimes we are unbelieving about that. Because we've lived at this level of Christianity that Christianity is about not doing all the wrong things. And if I do all the wrong things, don't do all the wrong things, then I'm living life by the Spirit. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that we walk in the Spirit. We're connected to the life vine of the goodness of God. And when that happens, the dead works of our flesh, what's that? It's the way we see, the way we feel, the way we hear. That's what the the enemy wants you to live by. By the circumstances that are going on around you so that when you hear about terrorism, you become fearful. So that when you hear about the economy, you become fearful. So that when I'm talking about the promises of God and you're not yet seeing the promises of God operating in your life, you become unbelieving. So when we begin to understand that God wants to put the supernatural power of God on top of the natural circumstances of our life, it means extraordinary results start showing up. In our career, in our finances, in our health, all kinds of different areas and arenas of our life. But it comes when we are being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the fullness of God. What does that mean? We're walking in a revelation of the love of God. That we're becoming rooted and grounded and established in the love of God. Now that's what I talked about last week, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that message, I want to encourage you to download our podcast. You can either do that by downloading our app or different things, but go back and listen to that because it's a a great way for us to recognize this is a year, 2016, that I believe we need to live life by the Spirit. We're not going to be able to live by what we see, by what we feel, by what we hear. We're going to have to make a choice to put our faith and our confidence in God, in His goodness, and in His love for us. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. 
I want to kind of continue on with this message of living life in the Spirit, that we learn how to walk according to the Spirit so that it's not just something that we do on Sundays and we kind of compartmentalize our relationship with God to something that happens on Sunday and then the rest of our life we go live our real lives. We go live in the real world, right? We want to, we want to make sure that we're taking the goodness of God with us all the time, that daily we're walking with him, that daily we're walking in the revelation of his goodness, that daily we're allowing him to direct our paths. How many of you know that the creator of the universe probably knows better for you in your circumstances and situations than you do for you? All right? So we want to live life by the Spirit. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That we become strengthened in the inner man. Notice that phrase, strengthened with might. The NIV says it this way, strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That God wants to strengthen you in your inner being with power. Now, most of my lives I've heard teachings that we need to pray for power in order to do things. Right? We pray for power so that we can actually go do things. That we need to pray for power so that we can heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And it's absolutely right that we need that power. But what I never realized was that power that empowers us to heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. That power comes from the revelation of how perfectly God loves us. How much God loves us. And we see it in the following verses. Verse 16 again, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, to know the love of Christ that goes beyond just your intellectual understanding, that you would be filled with the fullness of of God. So the power to live the spirit-filled life, the power to see miracles happen in your life, the power to see God's favor and blessing in your life, the power to see breakthrough in areas of your life happens when you become filled with the fullness of God. So how do we become filled with the fullness of God? By comprehending with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God. So to be filled with the fullness of God is to realize just how much God loves you. Now, I know I say this from time to time, but sometimes our snapshot of the way that other people have loved us is how we think that God loves us. And as good as people that are around us have loved us, that love has been very conditional at times. And God loves you with an unconditional, everlasting love. He wants you to understand just how wide his love is for you. He wants you to understand how deep it is, how high, and the breadth of it. He wants you to understand how perfectly he loves you today. Listen, if you don't think being filled with the fullness of God is that big of a deal, we need to read verse 20 so that we can find the key to answered prayers. How many of you in 2016 have some prayers that you'd like to get answered this year? All right. Listen, I've seen some incredible things happen in my life. 
so, honestly, sometimes I have to pinch myself going, man, all this in heaven too? I, I'm amazed the way God blesses me, and I'm way his, amazed at the way his favor shows up in my life. And it's happening as I'm discovering how perfectly God loves me. The key to seeing God's power operating in your life is to be filled with the fullness of God. That comes from understanding just how much God loves you. It's as simple as that. But sometimes, because it's so simple, we don't re realize how profound it actually is. Again, we compartmentalize it. Okay, I intellectually understand God loves me. Let me move on to what do I need to do to be a better husband? What do I need to do to be a better Christian? And, and yet, in reality, we recognize that we start moving into dead works, me striving to be a better husband. And when I strive to be a better husband, it is not a pretty sight, I have to tell you. But when I am connected to the life vine, when I'm abiding in Christ and the love of God is flowing into me, suddenly I become very loving towards my wife. And she loves it when I'm abiding in the vine. She doesn't like it when I move, amen. She doesn't like it when I move out and I start performing to try to do all the right things. I've been impatient, so by golly, I'm going to become patient. I'm going to be patient with you whether you like it or not. Right? And sometimes we're like, okay, Pastor Richie, we get it. God loves us. Let me ask you this, but has it changed you? That's when we begin to understand how much God loves us. That when the world again looks at you and I, do they see the love of God flowing out of us? Bosses, do, do the people that work for us, do they see the love of God flowing out of us? When you're working with other people, do they see the love of God flowing out of you? Has it changed you? Well, Pastor Richie, it's just a, some theological teaching that's for Sunday. No, it's not. I'm telling you that when you abide in Christ and you're, the love of God is filling your heart and life, people see the difference in you. When you should be angry, you're kind. When you should be impatient, you're patient. Why? Because you went to some self-help school and learned it? No, because you're abiding in the vine and because Christ is filling you with his love, you're loving and kind towards other people. So has it changed you? Again, verse 19, to know the love of Christ. That word know is the Greek word gnosko, and it means to know absolutely. Do you have anybody in your life that you know absolutely that they love you? When you have those people in your life, I'm telling you, you can go and talk to them about everything going on in your life because you know absolutely that they love you. They're not going to judge you and be un unfriend you on Facebook because you're saying certain things. They're loving you. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. See, it's got to move past our head. I intellectually understand this. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. It has to move past this knowledge to a place where you feel it in your heart. To where you know absolutely that God loves you. Not just when you've done right all week long or you're performing well. But in the midst of your worst failure, you know that God loves you. God's love will, ne will never change you until you start to feel God's love. Listen, I know that we're supposed to be live, live by faith, and yes, we need to do that. But once you begin to abide in the vine, his love comes into your heart and life. You begin to feel the love of God. Do you feel the love of God? I'm telling you, sometimes I'm talking with other people about the goodness of God, whether it's in a counseling situation or just as a staff, I'm talking to them about it. And as I begin to talk to them about it, you know what's happening? I'm abiding in the vine, and suddenly the love of God comes into my heart and life, and suddenly I can't help but smile. Suddenly, if I'd been dealing with something that was kind of trying to attack me, suddenly joy comes back into my heart and life. Because I'm abiding in the vine. Do you feel the presence of God? See, if you don't love, it isn't because you're not trying hard enough. 
See, if people don't love, if people are mean, have you been around anyone that's been mean before? The problem is they don't realize how much they're loved. See, 1 John 4, 19 says that we love him because he first loved us. When you understand how much God loves you, you start loving him back. But if it's about works that I got to love God, I got to love God, self-effort, self-effort, you're never going to get there. But when you start understanding how much God loves you, you begin to understand the width, the depth, the breadth, the height of how perfectly God loves you. Suddenly you become rooted and grounded in love. It doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing at you, you are remaining in the fact that God loves you. See, and it's sad because most of the messages that we hear in church today are about how we need to love God. It's constantly back on us, perform, do right, rather than focusing on how much he loves us. But focusing on God's love causes us to fall in love with God. 1 John 4, 10 says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation and appeasement for our sins. See, when I learned this simple truth, it began to change forever the way that I speak because I believe that life change happens when we get a revelation of God's love. God is not into behavior modification. He is into life transformation. That means that your behavior is important, but your behavior happens as you get transformed from the inside out, filled with the love of God, and suddenly because you know that God loves you, you want to live right. Why? Because God loves you. And if God loves you, you know that he's got the best in store for you. So if he says don't do something, it's for your good. When he says to do things, it's for your good. But it comes from the revelation that we're loved by God. See, I realize sometimes that it's a walk of faith, but some of you need to start experiencing then feeling the presence of God. It feels good to be loved. Listen, I don't want to live all my life with my wife just by faith that she loves me. Amen? <laughs> I like it when I feel loved. It's my anniversary this week. Y'all can go home. God bless y'all. Thank you for being here. No. Whew. Did it get hot in here all of a sudden? All right. So let's look at verse 20. And remember that verse 20 needs to be understood in the context of what that we're, we just looked at. Because I've heard this verse preached out of context. But verse 20 is for those who understand and know, gnosko know, understand absolutely. They're rooted and grounded in God's love. Again, let me ask you again. Are you ready for some prayers to be answered this year? Get established in God's love. Listen, when things are not being answered as fast as you would like them to be answered, don't go and say, okay, God, what else do I need to do? Just go back to getting established in the love of God. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you're for me. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love today. Verse 20. Remember, revelation of God's love. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Let's look at that verse and kind of break it down, if you will. Now to him who is able to do. Now most of us don't have a problem with God being able to do. We know that God can. I mean, if a God can speak the universe into existence, we know that he can. The problem is we're, we're not sure if he's willing. God can do it for Pastor Richie. I'm just not sure if he's willing to do it for me. So again, it's not an issue of God can for us. It's is it God willing? So that's why we're wondering why are some of these experiences not showing up in my life? 
Why is it some of the things I'm believing God for and praying for aren't happening? I believe it's, again, because we're not rooted and grounded in God's love. Y'all kind of catching a theme in today's message today? That we've got to become rooted and grounded in God's love for us. Our unbelief in his love. Let me give you an example. You're praying for something. And the, the enemy comes and says, you know what, that's not going to happen. Do you realize that your family has always been poor? That's not going to happen. Do you realize that your father went through this sickness also? And we buy into the unbelief. Why do we buy into the unbelief? Because we're not rooted and grounded in God's love. We think that, well, if I've done all the right things, then I'm, God's going to do it for me. But when we're rooted and grounded in God's love, we know that we know that we know that what the Word of God says is going to come about in our lives. So our unbelief limits or stops God from working in our life. It's amazing when you read through the New Testament and you see the life of Jesus, what stopped Jesus from doing miracles? It wasn't people's sin. He forgave the woman caught in adultery. You know what it was? It was their unbelief. When he went to his hometown and he was starting to do things, people looked at it and said, it, it, this is amazing. And then they started going, wait, isn't this Joseph's son? Didn't he grow up here? And their unbelief limited and stopped God from doing miracles in his hometown. Jesus wanted to do miracles in his hometown. Amen. Unbelief limits or stops God from working in our lives. Listen, God will not force you to be blessed. Oh, I wish he would. Don't y'all? Man, I wish he would just say, Richie, you're going to be blessed whether you're believing or not. Now, there is a level of blessing that we walk in, and I think every one of us could acknowledge today, even if you got some junk going on in your life, that you're blessed and highly favored. You've got clothes on, thank you, Jesus, and you're here today, some of you are dressed warm. We're blessed and highly favored, but to operate at the supernatural level that is extraordinary beyond what the world is operating in, we've got to become rooted and grounded in the belief of God's love. It's like the area of finances. There are Christians who don't think that God wants to bless them financially. They believe that money is the root of all evil. God never said that. He said that the love of money, when money gets on the throne of our life, we start serving money instead of God. It's one of the reasons why we ask you to give. You, you either are, have money or money has you. And when we learn to give according to the word of God, suddenly we recognize money doesn't have us. So people don't believe that God wants to bless them financially. So they talk against it. They preach against it. And even though God's favor is over their life, their unbelief stops God from working in that area of their life. Here's what Ephesians 3.20 again. Now to him who is able to do, we understand that, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Wow. Let me say that backwards. Wow. Right? If we stopped at to him who is able to do, that would be enough. Knowing that we serve a God that's able. He is well able. You know, one of the things we changed on our declarations is that God can do what he says he can do. To God will do what he says he will do. Because we recognize that he can, but we also recognize that he will. So if we just stopped there, it would be enough. But it says he is able to do exceedingly. More than enough. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. It's super more than enough. But he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Three times more than enough. But wait, wait for it. 
It's like those commercials where they tell you they're offering something, but wait, right? There's more to it. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. Do we believe that? I'll tell you how well you believe that is, is, a, is an indicator of how established you are in the love of God. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. But notice the, the next word, according. Notice that there is a condition because sometimes we wonder, why aren't we seeing results of God's favor happening in our life? It's because we don't recognize that there's a condition to the favor of God showing up in our life. There's a condition to the blessing of the Lord showing up in our life. Is it by me doing all the right things perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. It's according to the power that works in us. Now, what is the power that works in us? Because listen, if I have the power that working in me, if that power is operating in my life, I will be able to see God do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. I'm going to see God's favor and blessing. So what is the power that works in us? Again, we've got to take this verse in context of what we just read. And what we just read in the previous verses, that power comes from being rooted and grounded in God's love. It's easy for us to believe that God loves us when we do well. Even if we're just doing okay. Because it's easy for us to get into comparisons, right? I'm okay because I'm not as bad as this person in my family. And so because of that, I can, I'm okay. But what happens is when we start looking at ourselves in the moment of our worst failure, what then do you believe about God's love for you? Do you believe he's taken it back and said you're not worthy? Listen, we've never been worthy by ourselves. We've only been worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because the blood of Jesus Christ, there's royal blood, as we sang about earlier, flowing through our veins. We've been made worthy. We're children of the Most High God. We're qualified. You've been pre-qualified. It's like when you go to get a loan and you already find out you're pre-qualified. That power comes from being rooted and grounded in God's love, where we're able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height of God's love for us. And that happens, and when the, as that happens, we become strengthened with might or with power through His Spirit in the inner man. Once our hearts become filled with the love of Christ, then God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. And it doesn't mean that the moment we are standing secure in it, it's instantly going to show up. I know that we're a fast food generation, right? And we believe that, God, I prayed for it. What's up? You're not here? Okay, I'm out. We need to become rooted and grounded. God saying, God, I trust you. God, I'm believing in you. And if God doesn't bring the thing about in your life that you're praying for, know because he loves you that it's for your own good. There's some things we think we need or want in our life that God doesn't want in your life. Because those things are going to tangle you up. They're going to keep you from walking in the full destiny that he has for your life. And the more established and rooted and grounded I become in God's love, the more I begin to see God do miraculous things in my life. Just so you know, we're all on a journey to discover this. If you think you're ever going to arrive at the love of God, you're not. Because just like Isaiah 6 where the angels are singing about the glory of God and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And then they repeat that, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. They're just not some tape recorder up there. What's happening is another facet of the glory and the goodness of God is being revealed. So they can't help but sing about the goodness of God. 
And when as followers of Jesus Christ, we are growing in that revelation of the love of God all the time, man, we will get crazy in our worship. Man, we will be so excited for some of you crazy right now is this. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, it's two hands. Some of you, it's jumping up and down and dancing. Why? Because the love of God is becoming so real to our hearts and lives that we have to declare the goodness of God. Again, oh, Pastor Richie, we get the love of God. Has it changed you? I don't mean are you going to heaven. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, right? But I mean, has it changed you? See, because I'm in Christ, I know that God loves me. For you, if you're in Christ today, you can know, confident expectation, know that God loves you. Accusations will still come. Remember we talked a few weeks ago, actually the end of last year, about how that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It doesn't mean that weapons aren't going to be formed against you. Accusations are still going to come. Doubt, fear, and unbelief are still going to try to operate in my life. But when the accusation comes, I'm learning to pause and step back and say, I'm rooted and grounded in God's love. And if God's for me, who can be against me? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in and going out. I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether you think it or not, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're one of a kind. You're created in the image of God. And God doesn't make junk. So as I'm dwelling in the love of God that God has for me, I am constantly being filled with the fullness of God. Man, we get plugged into the wrong thing all the time. We get plugged into what the TV says. We get plugged in to what Sister Potty Mouth says. We get plugged into the wrong thing and we're allowing those things to be spoken over our life and we buy into the accusations and the lies of the enemy. When that happens, I begin to experience and feel the presence of God. And the more I experience and feel His presence, the more favor starts showing up in my life in extraordinary ways. And then God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even think according to the power that's at work within us. Listen, I'm pretty passionate about this because what I'm interested in recognizing is changing the culture of our church. I'm interested in changing the culture of our church where we go from just kind of trying to abide and get by and hold on to the sweet by and by. And we become so passionate about the love of God and pursuing the love of God, that we become so filled with the love of God that it literally begins to transform everything that's happening around here. The Christianity is not some religious duty. It's not some exercise that we do. It's a life experience where God wants to do supernatural things in the natural areas of our life. Do you see why it's important for us to continually talk about the love and the goodness of God? We've got to be reminded all the time. We've got to experience it at a deeper level all the time. Listen, we don't need to hear messages about an angry God who is disappointed in our behavior, who's wanting to punish us and fry us in hell. We don't need it. There are a lot of people today, even many Christians, who are very critical of the message of God's love and grace. And they'll say things. All they ever talk about is God's love, God's love, God's love. Why don't we talk more about the anger of God? What, the, what they're trying to do is project justice instead of mercy. You do understand the difference in that, right? There was a lady who got her picture painted by a, by a, a painter. And after she got the picture back, she said, that picture doesn't do me justice. The painter said, you don't actually want justice, you want mercy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> We've got to understand that what God has already done is he's already fully justified us. 
Now we're operating in mercy. We're receiving mercy. We're giving mercy away all the time. So they're wondering why we don't talk about God's ang anger. David, an old covenant writer who had a new covenant revelation. You realize that that's why he was a man after God's own heart. Because even though he operated in the old covenant, he still had a new covenant revelation. He says this in Psalms 30. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. You choose what you focus on. You get to choose what it is that you want to focus on. And if you look at people's lives who are focused on the anger of God and how angry God is, they are some of the meanest people in the world. When Jesus died on the cross, the anger that God had put on his on, that was had in his heart against sin fell upon Jesus because he bore our sins in his body. And on the cross, every curse of the law fell upon the head of Jesus until the law was completely silenced because it had become fulfilled. And so today there is no more accusation against us because Christ has redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. And the justice of God has been satisfied because every sin was paid in full. All past sins, all present sins, all future sins in your life have been paid in full. Don't tell me that God doesn't love you. That's why we have confidence today in God's love for us. That he has no anger towards us today. Because all of God's anger was exhausted on the cross in the body of Jesus Christ. That's the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why living for Jesus is not a have to, it's a get to. Because Jesus wants you to walk in the abundant life that he has planned for you. But listen, if you don't receive Christ into your life, if you reject Christ in your life, his payment for sin, his anger will be against those that don't receive him as Savior. But if you're in Christ Jesus, you've opened up your heart and life to him, received him into your life, you, the, it has been paid in full. Christ is our covering. We're hidden in him. And as a result, all that Christ has for us today is a waterfall of love washing over our lives all the time. That's why every morning, just not on Sundays or just not when you need God, we need to get up every day and say, God, I'm just going to camp today under the waterfall of your love. God, I'm going to think about your love all day long. As you go into a business meeting or a situation at work that you're a little bit nervous about, you don't have to be nervous. You can step back and say, God, I thank you that I'm just camping today under the, the waterfall of your love today, that you're for me. I have the mind of Christ. So, Lord God, you're going to direct my paths today. You're going to direct them so much that even if I step out and make a wrong mistake, you're not going to chastise me or beat me up. You're just going to re-guide me back to where it is that you want me to go. Every day, basking in the love of Jesus Christ, letting the waterfall of his love flow over us. Can I tell you what that begins to wash away is, is hatred, anger, unkindness. And the more we grow in the revelation of God's love, the more we are going to see the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think showing up in our life. Why is it? Because it's according to the power of the revelation of God's love working in our lives. Listen, I'm inviting you just not on Sundays to bask in God's love. I'm inviting you all day long, all week long, every moment. The moment you feel heaviness or depression coming on you. Listen, we don't have to run to God just when our life is on the rocks. You can and he'll love you. He'll love you through all the mistakes and situations that you've made. But listen, when you're already in the storms of life, just begin to trust in him. Rely on him. Allow that love of God to become in your heart so full as you're abiding in the vine. You begin to feel his love. 
That's when the exceedingly abundantly begins to show up in every area and arena of our life. I'm telling you, this is going to be a year of breakthrough for whosoever will receive, become established in the love of God. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is a constant accusation from the enemy. You're going to have to make a choice to receive it. I pray that you'll receive it today. Let me just get you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to pray over you today. Listen, I, I know for some of you that are here today, as, as I understand it, this has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Jesus.